This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you are following or subscribed to the Locked On Browns podcast, five-star ratings, written reviews, and we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself, at Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are open. Um, if you guys already saw it today, I put out on social media. For me, it's one of the happiest days of the year. Um, I've talked a ton about my youngest daughter. She turns 14 today. Um, everything she went through, um, you know, uh, through her birth, being 18 weeks early, being 11 inches, one pound, six ounces. Um, she's now a holy terror. Uh, gives me more gray hair than I care to mention. Um, but I do love her dearly. So do my hope. Honey, happy birthday. Uh, joined here today by John Costco. Um, with Senior Bowl going on this week, some players, you know, obviously making names for themselves or maybe separating themselves from the herd, so to speak. Um, we'll see maybe where they kind of line up uh, as far as um, under the PFF lens here with John Costco. Uh, certainly some players, some positions had a good week um, in relevance to positions that are important to the Cleveland Browns. So that is good. But we're going to start here first and foremost. And this isn't necessarily a Browns thing. Um, and I think if anybody, wherever the Baker Wars, quote unquote, are currently at right now, I think almost everybody kind of feels that maybe the answer for the Cleveland Browns, at least for 2022, is not going to come from the 2022 draft class. If you feel the answer is going to come, you know, through another avenue in the NFL, those are wars we certainly will hold for another day. Um, but John, um, you look at the lineup this week that was there. And for me, John, I keep going back to this. Look, when you reach out to several different evaluators and you say, hey, who's your top quarterback? And I've used this one, for example, there was, you know, reached out to five people. Three people gave me an answer. The answers were all different. Two people said, and at this stage of the game, I don't know yet. So if you don't, ha- if you, if there's not a clear cut number one quarterback in a draft class and even by senior bowl week, that certainly, certainly gives you some pause and hesitation. Um, and I also go to with this. And again, maybe not necessarily a Browns thing, but John, we already have, I believe it's six new head coaches named. And yes, everybody, I, I understand what's going on. And again, this was never Hugh Jackson. Um, Hugh Jackson's uh, basically stand to take. Um, but for Brian Flores and others, you certainly have some pause and some hesitation and some questions about those types of things. Again, that's for another day. But John, this class with you're going to get nine new NFL head coaches this year, and if I'm any one of those nine guys, and usually if you need a head coach, new head coach, usually you, you one of your biggest issues is quarterback, and you look at this and you say, "All right, well, where do I basically plant my future on? You know, which is the guy that I can bring in here, and within two to three years, my team's either a giving me a contract extension or me and the quarterback I brought in here to be the quarterback." or maybe both headed out the door, but John, this class, and it's always difficult, you know, it, when you have, we have a class where you don't necessarily have the guy, there's some guys that do interesting things. There's some guys that are better at some things than others, but overall, this is a class that it, it's just tough on its surface. It's, you know, not to say that, you know, either couple of these guys can't pan out, um, but you certainly, you know, pause, uh, you know, going through this with some trepidation to this point. Yeah, I mean, um, this is kind of like when you were talking about how there there was no clear cut top guy. 
you could say the same thing about the 2018 class where Baker Mayfield and just Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Josh Allen and Mark Jackson were all drafted. But the difference between this and that is that you were debating between like really strong players who like were legitimate number one guys. And none of these guys are even being talked about as, well, who's, who's going to go one, who's going to go, you know, three, who's going to go you know, six and all that type of stuff. Right. So that's the, the difference here. And, you know, each, each guy has their, their flaws, right? Like, um, like Kenny Pickett had a, had a great year for pick Pittsburgh this year, but like his, you know, he, he might have eight inch, eight inch, eight inch hands, um, which, you know, that, that might be a, a weird thing to lead off with, but it's, it's legitimate concern. He double gloves because his hands aren't enough essentially to grip the football. And when you, when that happens, you're going to, your ball control is a big deal. Um, you're going to fumble balls. You're going to, you're going to not be able to hang on to it in the pocket when ball gets slippery. The ball is a little bit different sized in the NFL than it is in, in college football. So there's, there's those issues. And his tape is, is not great anyways, even though it's like, you know, he had a, uh, a 92.3 grade this year, but he was really a late bloomer and, and didn't show anything until this year when he was a fifth year senior, which is, you know, and he dominated. So there's, you know, there's some pause concern, concern there. And, and then you look down the list, like the only guy I'm, I'm would be in, uh, remotely interested in, in the first round would be Malik Willis because of the raw tool set, you know, that you've got, you've got a, a, an absolute horse when it comes to a guy that can run the football and the, the way the modern NFL has come in these days is you've got to have a mobile quarterback, and he is the most mobile of them all. Uh, he broke about 100 tackles this year on you know 160 carries, which is an insane rate for for a quarterback. Uh, I mean, you're talking about he was a he was a better on a more a per basis running efficiency than Lamar Jackson coming out, um, and his his grade profile is pretty similar. Uh, from a from a throwing standpoint, except for he throws more big time throws. So Lamar Jackson has his issues as a passer. I think we've all seen that. What we've seen is also what he can do as a runner. So that's your avenue to, to success for Malik Willis. Is that repeatable? Who knows, right? So I think uh, yeah, th- this class is is far far weaker than than previous classes that we've seen. Um, and you know, there's there's. In my opinion, is probably one guy I'd, I'd take a swing at if you're a quarterback needy team, and if you're a quarterback needy team that's trying to win a Super Bowl this year, or a team that's like you know it has a middle of the pack type guy, and you're wanting to win a Super Bowl this year, uh, and you're trying to make an upgrade at that position, you're not going for any of these guys because you, you need to develop all of them. All of them need developing, and that's the key here: is that none of these guys are going to come into 2022 and be at the saving grace and lead you to the promised land. When you're talking, you know, basically banking on development and banking on obviously your coaching, you know, getting the most out of said player, um, you're, you know, you're going to look at, you know, the tools. And for Wills, yeah, it's there. Um, and if let's and let's be honest, John, if Malik Wills didn't go to Liberty, if he played in the Big Ten, if he played in the SEC, he played in the ACC, this would be a conversation. We would know flat out, clear cut that Malik Wills was the number one quarterback in this class. The one question you have is, you know, with what he played, and there was, you know, look, it's not that he didn't play some teams. The old Miss game was not good at all, which is basically his toughest. So basically you're banking on all of this talent, but you haven't even seen him play close to the level of talent that he's going to have to play when he gets to the NFL. Yeah, 
I mean, like the difference with like Lamar Jackson, like I, I'm using Lamar Jackson as a comp because I was looking at him, you know, like this less than a month ago or whatever, and their grades and how they progressed from like their second to last year until their last year. And they're and all the passing stats and everything. They're, they're very similar, to be honest. Um, but the difference is Malik Willis is doing that with, in, with Liberty in a group of five conference, whereas Lamar Jackson was doing that in the ACC and and putting up those prolific numbers and leading, you know, leading his team to, you know, what was potentially an ACC championship game and into the, the national title if they were able to to win that out against Clemson. But, um, you know, Malik Willis struggled against when he went up against the, the bigger competition. So there's a, there's a difference there. But at the same time, like that, like we, I think for me, like if you're a court, if you're a team that needs a quarterback in this class, he, he should be the number one guy because you see what what Lamar has been able to do. Like he wrecks teams with his legs, and as and he's already won an MVP. We know we know what type of ceiling he can hit, and it's essentially like all right, clean up some mechanic things. Which is if this guy's coachable, he can he can be good in a short amount of time, and his arm talent is far superior to Lamar Jackson. Like he has an absolute cannon and he can flick it like a, like basically like Mahomes can off of any platform, 50 yard on a dime type, type throws. So there's, there's a, you know, you can mold that, that clay ball into something and at the next level. And if he gets with the right coaching staff that absolutely can utilize his skill set, he could be an absolute nightmare in the NFL for teams. So I want to, you know, as a, as a Browns fan, I want him st- staying very, very far away from Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh fans are really hoping that the guy falls to them at like whatever they're at twenty or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's possible because like uh, you know, there's been reports out of the Senior Bowl that the Pittsburgh Steelers are very interested in this guy. So um, yeah, he he. But the problem is like you know his his worst game of the, this past season was against Ole Miss the one the one game you you wanted to see him rise to the occasion but on, on the, you know at least put up a serviceable game but his grade was a 41.4 passing and he, he made some catastrophic mistakes and also that's another thing he he has you know a, a boatload of turnover throws but so did DeMar, Lamar Jackson coming out of college but the competition level is different there right so it's just a, a matter of like how how are you going to how are you going to rectify that? How are you going to justify that? How are you going to fix that? You know, and, and really kind of be comfortable with that if you're team drafting him. But the thing is, like, you know, look at Josh Allen. He he, kind of similar in his in his final year. He was he really kind of struggled as a, um, as a you know as, as a senior. And you know he had had a big lot of turnover throws. He had like in the twenties, and and Lamicolus only had eighteen. He had forty big time throws. So this is an example. The dude, the dude can absolutely throw it. So, I mean, I, I'm going on and on about this dude. I, I, I do love his skill set. If you're taking a quarterback, that's the guy you're taking. So that's that's. And, as far and as he's got apparently got a great personality too. So yeah, all the to talk out, about that. Yep, yeah. very engaging. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you know, fun to deal with. Um, you know, enjoys obviously talking the game. And for everybody nervous about Pittsburgh, I, I think we're going to end up in a situation where he's going to go pretty high. Because I think you're going to look at everybody else and say, well, we've got to get one. So, you know, and, you know, we're, I don't think any of the 19 teams in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to say, hey, let's help the Pittsburgh Steelers get what they need. But the intrigue and what the intrigue is probably there for Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger was never a quarterback he brought in. 
Mike Tomlin inherited a team with Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback. So we really have zero idea what Mike Tomlin's truly looking for in a quarterback. Um, but being a younger guy, being an innovator, obviously looking for, you know, another way to implement an athlete into his offense. Yeah. So they, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was, they drafted Matt Mason Rudolph as a potential long-term backup in, in the third round. So that'd be the, the one small hint, but I think they were just saying a guy that they thought in the third round was a good value there. I don't, I don't think it means anything in terms of what they want. And we've heard, we've heard Mike Tomlin, he, he, he values the mobility of a quarterback nowadays. So, you know, that, that makes them in play for sure. And well, and the Mason Rudolph pick always kind of felt like, well, you know, this is something that's like Ben can stand in the pocket, hopefully and make the throws. Um, But now Pittsburgh, you know, we'll get that opportunity and hopefully Malik Wills is nowhere near ever wearing a black and yellow jersey. Uh, we're going to get to more here with John. Um, there's been some nice showing from the defensive line this week down in Mobile, which is good for you Cleveland Browns fans. It's just real good uh, because certainly need a couple of horses, uh, if not many horses, uh, whether it's the edge position, whether it's the defensive tackle position. We're going to get to this here with John Costco in just a minute. <clears throat> Bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march to the super bowl betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just football betonline has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season Bet online where the game starts. Now I said, John, look, it's a defensive tackle position. You know, the Browns, you know, maybe you get a little bit more out of Jordan Elliott in year three. Maybe Tommy Togiai takes a jump here in year, year two. But maybe's don't pay the bills. Maybe's uh they're not gonna stop uh, you know, Najee Harris from the Pittsburgh Steelers and their running attack, and the Baltimore Ravens and their running attack. There's been some signs of some athletes here, whether it's Jones out of UConn, uh, Perrion Winfrey out of Oklahoma has looked really, really smooth moving around this week. Uh, Browns need help. Um, They need some size at the defensive tackle position. They need some guys that can hold up at the point of attack. Um, Interesting group. And I think overall, I think this group did a little bit better than I think many people thought last year. We didn't have a defensive tackle go round one in the draft. It can conceivably be the case here. Again, the thoughts on Jordan Davis are mixed as far as what he can be and the things that he is not to this point. Uh, But his defensive tackle group and, you know, John, I know they'd love to attack it from free agency, but we're starting to get to a point here where maybe defensive tackles don't contribute right away as rookies. And it's a tough gamble to take when you think you're a team that's in contention. Yeah, these. I mean, these. I think this this group is a lot better than last year, right? You 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 said it that there wasn't a first round defense tackle that was taken. I see, you know, that you could have a, at least a couple in this in this first round. Um, and I, I think it's just a deeper class in that regard as as well. Um, Devonte White is another guy out of, out of Georgia who you know win a national title with that team. That team looked like an NFL defense on the field every week. Um, and that front seven was an absolute tear, and he was he was one of the better guys there. Um, he he's looked really good in in, in Mobile this week. Um, you know, we we grade these these practices the first two. We've got the first two days graded already. We're we're working on on t- uh, yesterday's get practice, but for through the first two days, he was he was excellent. Um, you know, yeah, you see, Mar- mentioned Perry on Winfrey. He was he's been really strong so far this week as well. Um, 
Travis Jones, Neil Farrell out of out of LSU. He's a guy that I I like what I've seen out. Of, he he didn't wasn't like a full time starter, but he was a a, good, a really solid rotational piece. And whenever I saw him play at LSU, he was disruptive um, and and making plays. So he'd be another guy that uh you know he he he's not a first round prospect I don't think, but he would be a guy that you could get on uh you know probably like late day two. Travis Jones out of Connecticut, another guy who who would go in potentially day two or something. Um, another stud. So yeah, this this defensive tackle class Browns need it because yeah you like Jordan Elliott you like. Uh, Tommy Togi, but they've not shown it yet. One thing that gives you hope is that, you know, a, a lot of jumps happen for NFL players and is in the third year. So you've got Jordan Elliott in the third year. He was a guy that graded extremely high coming out of college for us. Um, we had, a, we had him as a first round prospect, um, but what that needed, but needed, you know, developing and, and the, uh, his body needed maturing and needed to develop that strength and stuff. But you think that if anything's going to come together for him, it's going to be this year. So I, I think you need to, to fortify that defensive line because one thing that the Browns had an issue with is stopping the run against duo runs, man, man, duo runs where basically there's double team into defensive tackles and shoving them back into linebackers. Um, Browns gave that up at, uh, willingly, basically. Every, any team that wanted to do it, they could do it to them. So get get a big big guy up there at least. So that would you know bring in Jordan Davis and guy would just be able to anchor down and not get get moved at the point of attack. So um, there's some intrigue there. I think that they'll look at it in day two. I don't think it's a, a position they'll look at in the first round by any means. Uh, but day two, that you know those guys come into play that I, I talked about. Yeah. Now we also we get to the edge position down there, and again, this is something here. And look, whether or not you know Jadavian Clowney comes back, uh, look, I'm ready to redo the room. Uh, you know, I've seen enough of Porter Gustin. Always was a fan. I've seen enough of Joe Jackson. Um, Tack McKinley. I, I have a hard time believing the Browns are going to go that route again. They didn't have interest in doing it again with Olivier Vernon. Uh, Tack McKinley's injury came around the same point in the season that Olivier Vernon's did. So I, I'm not sure that Browns are going to want to go down that avenue because they do value a third pass rusher. Um, and I don't think they want to make, you know, their value to be a guy that's going to have to come off of, you know, an injury and a rehab like he's going to have to. Jermaine Johnson down in uh, Mobile this week. And it's crazy, John, that this kid went to Juco, went to Georgia, got no run. Um, and for Browns fans, yes, he's a little bit older than the Browns would normally care for. And again, I'm going to say this. This may be the year where the Browns can't necessarily stick to the guardrails. This is a older draft class. There's no way around it. Um, so you're not just going to sit the draft out because maybe some guys don't fit exactly what you want. They may have to take a guy or two that doesn't necessarily fit within their guardrails. But, you know, for John, there's a lot of edge, edge players in this class. And a lot of them, the best ones, aren't even in Mobile, but there were still some certain decent ones who were down there this week. Yeah, so obviously the, I think the top two guys, you know, they're, they're not there. Um, Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, those guys aren't going to be there at 13 for the Browns. And this is the position that is in play for the Browns at 13. Um, so it depends on how the board falls and, and you know, what happens in free agency and everything. But they, I, I agree with you, like, if you roll it back with Clowney, that's fantastic because that combination of, of Garrett and Clowney was was deadly last year. Um, and so if you're able to bring him back and then draft somebody to be in, in that rotational piece, just look at the Green Bay Packers and how 
effective Rashawn Gary was in his third, you know, his third year. Yeah, his third year. Um, you, every guy needs developing in some way, right? And so it allows that guy to not have to be the day one starter because you know you're not getting a Miles Garrett that's going to come in there at 13 that's going to rip up the league like like a you know Garrett did or the Bosa's or something like that. That's with that's with Thibodeau or um uh Hutchinson that will do that but you know George Karlaftis will be a guy that from Purdue could be in play at 13 but then you know guys that are in, in, in Mobile this week um you know they're more like the second round type guys right so you got Jermaine Johnson Mijay Sanders um those guys we are, are intriguing guys at the at that position Tyreek Smith I don't know where he probably falls in this draft maybe late day two more so um but he's a you know, out of Ohio State, he's looking really strong this week so far. Um, and this and- is one, and it, this is one that chapped me yesterday. Everybody got excited about the rep from the northern uh, Northern Iowa left tackle, and he went after Tyreek Smith a little bit. But apparently, and I was one of the few because it was on live at the time. The rep before Tyreek Smith whipped him, I mean, and and blew past him like he was stuck in quicksand, which is part of the reason that the tackle from you and I was so pissed off, but but nobody picked up on this. So like, oh, look at this rep. Yeah, the reason was is because he got whipped like a post, the rep before it, because those are always two at a time. He got smoked and he was pissed off. That's why he was so ferocious on the second rep. You you like that out of an offense tackle. Like, dude's going to have like a, a mean streak to him. Um, But yeah, he's, he's I, look, I, I saw that. I saw exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check out his reps now on uh because we have all the tape and I was like, oh, this, it's like he gets mad and then starts like ripping people's faces off. That's what yeah. that's what happens you every got your time he gets killed, beat. and now you're gonna beat somebody up because you got your quarterback killed. Right. So he's get he's getting beat quite often, and then like you know he's just getting mad about it, which is great. Like that's a that's a quality you want out of your out of a offensive lineman. Like that's great. But he's got he's got work to do. But Tyreek Smith is is getting the better of him uh, if, you know, you take away those those highlight tapes that you see from uh, Penning or whatever. But, yeah, so, you know, this is a class that there's a lot of guys that are not here at the Senior Bowl, um, but, but there are, like King, Kingsley, uh, right. Byari. yeah, I'm not going to pronounce that correctly, out of South Carolina. He's he's a guy that we had in the top 50 and the big board coming into this week. Um, he's looking strong this week. Not not great, but he's he looks good. But the thing is, he for him, he's not like the spectacular athlete, so he's not probably going to win. You know, hat looked apart in in these one on ones. Um, but he had a really strong grade this year, eighty eight point five. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, he's you know he's been talked about as like the best player on the defensive line so far. You know, at least in day one, he was um, had a strong year with Florida State. It, it's a, the question I have there is he's a He's a one-year wonder. He had 214 snaps in 2019, 189 last year, and then in 2021, that's when he took a leap and graded as an 81 on 700-plus snaps. So there's some concern there that he's a, he's just a one-year wonder. Um, I'll need to you know watch the tape on all these guys more. So like we're we're early in this. I'm early in this process at least because um, my 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 you know it's just it is. I'm going through more wide receiver stuff. That's what I'm I'm more concerned with for the for the Cleveland Browns a little bit. But this this the edge class is very deep, has really strong guys, and I think you're you're looking at the potential, you know, maybe David Ajabo or G- George Kalaftis for the Browns at that number 13 spot if they chose to go that way. 
And for everybody that's so quick to automatically assume it's wide receiver, I, I think for right now it's a 50-50 split. Resigning Jadavian Clowney certainly changes that. Um, there's no question around it. And, you know, look, there are other edge players in free agency. Um, and we, we've talked about this before, but, you know, Clowney's kind of like the domino that sets off the offseason plan. And, you know, have some patience with it because uh, Jadavian Clowney kind of certainly beats to his own drummer. And so we'll see how it works out. I think I think there's this this is what's for me why I, I almost don't even try to like go peg all right wh- who's going to take whom in the draft at this point in the season because it's like free agency changes everything for teams and especially the quarterback carousel that's going to happen like that gonna that is going to change so many things Browns are going to be in, intrigued with wide receivers for sure um, you know everything that's come out of the Browns that they're, they're rolling it back with Baker Mayfield in 2022 so you go off that assumption that he's coming back. You want to put weapons around him, and so that means all right. You got to you got to sign some at least a quality receiver in free agency that's going to be able to work well with Baker Mayfield and his skill set and have a good chemistry there. Um, and then you're likely going to be drafting a guy too to kind of revamp that room. They're going to redo that room. This is one thing too with Andrew Barry and, and Kevin Stefanski. They have not been able to mold this wide receiver room in their vision because what they inherited was Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. And two contracts they could absolutely not get out of. Right. So like you, you, you come in there and I, we're going to try to build a, you know, an offense in a package that suits our, these our players that we currently have our, their skill sets. Um, but we're, we can't keep investing into that, that position because of uh, the two contracts they have. Now you're going to be able to do that. You can potentially cut Jarvis Landry and start fresh uh, in terms of how you want your top two, top three type guys looking like. So it, everything matters and how they're going to approach free agency with, with, you know, edge position, wide receiver position. I, I assume they're going to tr- for sure try to bring Clowney back. And even if they bring Clowney back to me, that doesn't rule out edge at 13 because <laughs> they love their pass rushers. I think we've seen it with, well, you know, with Andrew Barry, when he was in, in uh, with Philadelphia, like how they prized pass rushing and how he's attacked free agency already in the past couple of years is that they they're looking for pass rush guys outside of, you know, opposite of Miles Garrett. So I, I don't think it changes too much if they if they re-sign him. Well, and the best form of coverage is, you know, putting yourself in a position where the quarterback never throws the ball. So there is that theory and it's certainly, you know, they've got done what they needed to do secondary wise. Um, and look, you, you can never have enough. And if you see, seen anything, um, you taking anything away from the playoffs is, you know, yeah, teams can get moving, but every now and then when that pass rush starts to take over, it will thwart and slow down even the best offenses in the NFL. We're going to get to a couple more thoughts here. Uh, you know, from John, maybe some other players that may have stood out through the PFF lens, maybe not necessarily, you know, positions that the Browns are uh, maybe super interested in. But look, a player is a player and they stand out. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to take said player, even if they are not positive, they have a spot for him just yet. We'll get to that a little bit more here. John Costco from PFF in for your latest Locked on Browns. It's a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. 
where's the chocolate? Bill Bars, that's where they come in, are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes. Whether it's at home, in the pantry, at the office, in your car, wherever, throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Bilt Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter, I'm sorry, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15, all caps, no space, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It was interesting this week, John. Obviously, you had Shrine Bowl practices going on at the same time, and obviously the game last evening in Las Vegas. Um, and so, you know, obviously split between teams. You had to have people in both places. Um, and the Shrine Bowl certainly making strides. But, you know, Senior Bowl this week uh, was a lot of talent there. Um, you did get some late scratches, not nearly as many late scratches as they've gotten in the past. Um, I think they've done a better job of, you know, communicating with players, communicating with players' agents about, look, are you are you legit on this or not? And I think we kind of know the players that don't necessarily need to go to Mobile. Um, but overall, you know, whether it was a wide receiver position, a lot of solid defensive backs down there as well. Um, you know, certainly position, wide receiver position for the Browns. Defensive back is always a position that you're going to look to fortify and drafts. But a lot of, a lot of solid players down in Mobile this week. And the tight end position is certainly another one, and one that the Browns love. We'll see the way the Hooper situation works out, but maybe even not, even if Austin Hooper is retained, this is a position the Browns love. The Browns, you know, put a, you know, a hierarchy on the tight end position. And it's another class that looks to be really, really deep, full of some really, really solid players. Yeah. So the top graded or the top ranked guy in Mobile in terms of our big board was Jalen Tolbert for the wide receiver group. Um, he, he he's number 50 going into the week is 58 on our big board. Um, in my opinion, he's fallen off of that based on what I've seen from him. He has good route running, but then like, man, he's, he's missed like drops some like really key balls that just in, in these moments or whatever in this, in this scrimmage and these practices or whatever. Uh, so it hasn't looked great. And naturally you don't want to just like, you know, base everything off of that, but um, you know, I, I think, you know, in terms of trying to, you know, the, Hey, is this the top guy, you know, in, in this group, should he be able to stand out? I, I felt like, yeah, he, he should be able to stand out. Um, and he's, he's had his moments. He's, he's flashed some good. He's flashed some, um, some bad too. So it's a little bit of a mixed bag there, I guess. And, um, you know, you have to look at, uh, Khalil Shakur, he's looked really, you know, he'd be the next guy on that board. He's put up a a better profile in terms of just consistency of grades for uh, out of Boise state. Uh, he's going to, he'd be a slot guy, uh, shake you at the line of scrimmage, um, really good body control and hands um, has not, has not dropped the, the passes that you, you know, expect him to bring in. Um, you know, I, I, he's a guy that I, I 
you know, would I think would be intriguing as, as a slot weapon if you were to draft him in the probably in the third round. Um, but then you look at the you know the rest of those guys. You know, they're they're you don't have too many standouts in my opinion, right? So like, um, I think what who's the guy Calvin Calvin Austin out of where's he out of? I can't remember, but Calvin Memphis. Austin. Are, Memphis. Memphis, thank you, thank you. He's he's looked really solid. I I would say he's a guy that um, coming into this, uh, you know, when I when I I didn't study the the guys coming into us too much. I, I our big I go off of our big board, and our big board only two guys in the on our big board are winning this. So Jahan Dotson was a guy that was going to be here, and he he opted out of it, which is unfortunate Smartly. because <laughs> unfortunate for our purposes, right? Like we wanted to see what he looked like, and he then. This is just opted out, right? But um, I think with uh, um, you know with him, he's looking really strong. He's a guy that's quick out of his routes. He's he's really shaking guys at the line of scrimmage, um, and making making guys look like fools. Kind of like you know how Terry McLaurin did in, in uh, the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago, and that makes him how quickly does he move up the big board, right? So um, there's some intriguing options there. And in the tight end position, yeah, you're right. This is a really strong group of of tight ends in this coming, you know, in this, uh, for the all-star game, right. So for these practices, so you've got, uh, Trey McBride, who is our top, top ranked tight end coming into this week. Um, he's, he's, he's got the size that you want out of a tight end position. Um, and so he, and he graded at a phenomenal level. So like his, his grade last year, uh, was a 94, which is, you know, phenomenal coming, you know, for, for a tight end, uh, highest rank graded tight end, uh, that we've seen other than Kyle Pitts, um, which is, you know, saying something, but again, he's playing at Colorado state, Jeremy Rucker, big size. Uh, you know, he moves well, blocks well, um, obviously comes from a school where, you know, he's, he's, you know, battle tested there. Right. So there's, you know, the, the Isaiah likely out of, um, man, I, I can't coastal. Remember. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he looks just the part two. He's, he's fast. He's quick. He can, he's good movement skills. So like this tight end group is, there's not like the top guy, like you obviously with, with the Kyle Pitts, but like when you get into the second round, middle of the second round, these guys become intriguing in terms of like, all right, can any of these guys become the next Travis Kelsey or Garab Gronkowski or, or George Kittle? I, I, I think that you can get one of those types of guys eventually, not right off the bat, obviously, but like those types of guys in this draft class. I think they're they're that talented. It's it's um and they got the size and movement skills, and that's what you want to see. A lot of times it's it's really hard to to evaluate these tight ends coming out of college because it's just they don't get targeted like you'd expect. Um, or not like you'd expect, but it's, they just don't have offenses that are built around them um and their skill sets. So you know, I like I like the, the tight end group that you get. And then a uh, guy that's not there is Jalen Windermeyer out of out of uh, Texas AM. Um he's actually our top rate uh you know guy on our board and um he dealt with uh poor poor mm-hmm. quarterback play this year at Texas AM for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, losing Kellen Mond out was is a big deal for for him. Um he went from having an eighty four grade in twenty twenty. So a guy that could throw him the ball consistently to a sixty one and that 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 position is really, you know, suffers from a, a lack of good quarterback play, and so I don't. You, you, it's hard to you can just go off of stats in terms of that, or even grade after that. You have to you have to scout the player, not the, um, you know, not 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 really at what they're going to be 
targeted much, right? So, um, you know, he only caught 40 passes a year, which is you can't – it's hard to judge it off as it's that. So you have to look at his whole whole package that he's been putting forward uh, throughout his career. And for me, uh, you know, John obviously mentioned Jeremy Rucker. Um, for me, I just look at him, and I think he screams exactly what the Cleveland Browns are looking for, um, where you're going to be an asset as far as a blocker um, and, you know, going to be able to contribute in the passing game. Obviously, um, you know, if David Njoku resigns, he's going to probably become your primary focus as far as receiving option. Obviously, they really like Harrison Bryant in that regard. Um, but Rucker could be somebody that came in if they did decide to move on from Austin Hooper, fill that role where you're going to essentially take some targets away from that guy, but you're probably still going to get the same type of blocker onto the field. So certainly, but yeah, and for the Browns, and I'll be honest, guys, even if Austin Hooper is retained and stays, I think this is, you know, certainly a pool the Browns are going to jump in. Um, You'd be foolish not to, um, you know, if you like chocolate, somebody puts a bowl of chocolate in front of you, you're going to want one. Browns like tight ends. Um, and and we've seen where there's been instances where the Browns don't have all three of their tight ends and it's been a little bit of an issue. So it might be, it might be a nice job to have a fourth one in here. Plus it gives you time to groom said tight end. Cause maybe he won't be relied on so much right out the gate. Go ahead, John. Yeah. If, you know, if they want to keep running their 13 personnel, which they, they obviously loved, I think you, you need to continue to invest in that position and part of it is like how game-changing that position can be if you get the absolute stud type player. Look at Travis Kelsey, look at George Kittle, right? So Rob Gronkowski, all, all, that is huge, right? So it, if you keep taking swings at that, I, you know, and, and you don't know for sure that I know David and Joku wants to come back and they want him and if they can make it work, they could obviously franchise tag, franchise tag him if they wanted to, but um, they they can probably figure out a way to, to keep him on, uh, in Cleveland if they, they chose to go that route and, with with Hooper, you can you can do I think a post June first cut June or something first. like that, and it's only it, it comes on and out of books for like three million this year or something like that, as opposed to keeping him on the roster for eleven million, which is for what he's putting up in his production is not worth it. And and you know I think with uh, uh, one of the 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 concerns coming out of that, you know when they signed him out of Atlanta was that he a lot of his wins were just like underneath check down type options and getting them open in space and he's not able to create separation. And I think you still want a guy that can find, find that separation more easily than what Austin Hooper can, can show. Well, and the other thing with Austin Hooper is, you know, his free agent year, um, you still had Julio Jones at the prime of his career at Atlanta. You had Calvin Ridley, who was looking really, really good. Um, if you're a defensive coordinator, um, are you taking away Austin Hooper or are you focusing your coverage on Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley? And the Browns have never had any type of that wide receiver play in Austin Hooper's time here. So therefore, it has made, obviously, you know, his opportunity for success limited and also there is the grand scheme of thing if we are talking about this tight end class being so deep being so talented are you gonna pay austin hooper 11 million dollars when you can maybe get 85 percent of the play of austin hooper for a rookie that you maybe drafted in the third round or maybe even with this extra compensatory pick coming from the uh you know questy uh obviously moving on to the minnesota vikings so for me i mean you know if it's austin hooper I'd be a little nervous if I was in Austin Hooper's camp right now because it certainly does not help him in any way whatsoever that this is a really, really strong tight end group. John, any final thoughts here before we put a bow on this? Uh, it's you know full blow. Actually, we'll here. We'll go real quick, John. Early thoughts, Rams, Niners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rams and Bengals. I'm still it's, getting used to saying that. It is Joe Burrow's world, and we're all just living in it. That's just 
my my take on this and he's gonna find a way to win this game you look at everything and the, the rams have the better team overall they have the number one graded team in the nfl he's uh our power rankings have them third or fourth or something like that um you know matt stafford is playing lights out so far in this postseason he's the number two graded quarterback in in the this postseason after josh allen his heroics uh joe burrow's number three but you know the rams had the best defense in the nfl grade wise um they have you know the the best like i said the best team uh cooper cup and is is a, is a stud obj has really turned it on in these playoffs like up until these playoffs he looked like nothing and then these playoffs he's legitimately looking like the obj of old um but again like I, i'm i'm not betting against joe burrow i think the dude is an absolute stud well i think to this point i think it's been one of these you know i don't think the Bengals can do this and you know what? We said this now three weeks in a row. So I, I don't know if we can say this anymore to this point, but we got to put a bow on it. John Costco from PFF. Uh, appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their first listen. Make sure you follow John. Make sure you follow myself. The show, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.